0: Hey, welcome to another weekly episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks, where we talk everything design, business, and humor related. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's show. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks. I am very excited about my guest this week. My guest this week is KP, and he has been building in public for the past two years. He has numerous side projects, many of them you may or may not have heard of. But some are aptly named Build in Public, which just launched. He's going to be chatting with us about that. Kappa, do things that don't scale, and letter drop. He's definitely not a stranger to the no code space. He most recently took the meaning of Build in Public to a whole new level, however, when he started applying in public. Um, so he's going to talk to us about his journey of applying in public and reaching out to the world to say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. It was all done on Twitter. And so without further ado, please welcome KP to the show.
1: Hey Sarah, thanks for having me. Uh, really excited to talk to you. I know you've, you've been DMing each other and I know you, you know, you've been following my story and, uh, I appreciate all the good vibes and all the, uh, the good energy that I get from you. So really appreciate that
0: yeah thanks so much for being on here first of all congratulations i mean so many exciting things have happened (laughs) let's just set the stage so we're recording this in october and all of this started just a month ago so we have a lot to cover (laughs) with the major current events but talk us through like your journey so who is kp and you know how did we kind of land in the last 30 days
1: well so i think it's. Uh, I'll have to say who. That's a great question. Who is KP? It's a pretty loaded one. Um, <laughs> KP for the longest time was was an idea guy, and he was sort of tired of being an idea guy because he had all these ideas, but he was not a coder, not a developer, and I couldn't build them myself. Really had struggle with like self doubt of like should I am I even like good enough to learn how to code? Cause code felt like daunting, right? Like you had to like learn a brand new language and like the architecture and back yeah. end. And, then, and so I kept, just kept these ideas in my journals and my books and I never really like shipped anything. And and I I was, I think I've, you know, obviously I've, I've always had the heart uh, to get into startups and, um, you know, but I, I spent six, seven years just watching from the sidelines mm-hmm. and uh, in 2018, I realized that enough is enough, and I needed to, um, you know, get rid of this idea guy identity and and become a maker. And I was at the time actually reading a book called Atomic Habits um, by James Clear. As you know, yeah, um, a very popular book now. I, I credit a lot of my current success and my current mindset to that book because it taught me it's really about owning that new identity, whoever you want to be. In this case, I wanted to be a maker and really embracing it and not waiting forever for perfection or for like grand success to actually feel like you're a maker. And so it's a lot of it was a mental game. And I remember actually distinctly in October, 2018, I journal, and then I, in one of the first pages, I wrote that I am a maker, not I'm going to be a maker, I will be a maker, blah, blah, blah. I literally wrote, I am a maker. In my mind, in my mind, I'm thinking, no, boo, you're an idea guy. But I literally had to sort of like push myself to declare, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in public in a way to say yeah. that I am a maker. And I then decided all my job now is to go out there and every single day build and develop and sustain these habits that will actually give me evidence that I am mm-hmm. a maker. Right. So I would actually have, um, you know, um, daily reminders of. Going and checking out Product Hunt, so every day 11 a.m. I would go check out Product Hunt and write one constructive comment of, uh, to help another maker, right? And and there would be like three tweets every day that I would tweet about something that I discovered in in, in the product world. So there were all these like tiny, micro, atomic habits, yeah. as, as James Clear calls them. Uh, and you know, I think very soon I discovered the power of no code.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, thanks to the whole like no code movement in 2018, Webflow, and and so ever since i you know i really took the iterative approach i don't think i'm an overnight success i took a lot of iteration so after eight no core products uh brought me to september where i finally put out a bad signal on twitter saying uh, hey now i'm ready to jump into the startup world to being you know you looking for startup jobs and i got 13 Interviews, six of them were confirmed, three job offers, and finally landed with, I ended up with On Deck, which is quote unquote the hottest Silicon Valley startup right now. So I'm very yeah. excited.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So much going on in there. I love the mindset action that you took, right? I feel like a lot of people who are struggling from imposter syndrome and identity issues, just fail to kind of work on their mindset first. It's something I know I struggle with. (laughs) It's a constant daily thing. It's just just like James Clear says, atomic habits, write it down, make it make it a reality. And yes. here you are living proof.
1: <laughs> it's, it's almost funny where for the longest time, like I said, like now, actually, I still keep that habit. I still every day uh, spend about 20 minutes uh, journaling and, you know, and now when I write that I'm a maker, It's uh, I I use affirmations and all these kind of things. And and so now when I write, I'm a maker, of course, there's so much gravitas to my statement because I can look at my portfolio, my Twitter feed. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, everybody knows the world knows. But in in a weird way, I think, you know, uh, this is probably a Kanye phrase verse in one of his uh, songs. He says reality is catching up with me. And that's really how I. I thought that I should play the game where I should just literally live in the future state that I want to be mentally and let reality catch up with me. It sounds very cheesy. And it's hard to do not easy. But but I think that's the game.
0: Yeah, it does not sound cheesy to me at all. I've been working on that daily, right? Like you, your future is what you make it. And you have to start in your present to make your future the reality. So I totally get that and love it. Absolutely love it. I, I think that's Great advice for anybody, whether you are in the no code space doing your own business or, you know, you are more traditional nine to five, whatever you want to succeed at in life, you really have to kind of set it down on paper and work towards it. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've built all of these products and the most recent was built in public. So what prompted you to kind of launch basically what your mantra has been into a product?
1: (laughs) I want to say I really knew it like in in two thousand and eighteen that i'm gonna I was gonna do it in public, but the truth is no. and it uh, it it's funny because I actually uh, this is a great story. I actually wrote I started a newsletter um uh, inspired by david Perell and and you know a bunch of you know, other newsletter uh, creators, prolific creators that I was inspired by. I decided, okay, so, it's in 2020, it's not only that you need to build uh, products and projects, you also need to have a little bit of a media angle. I mean, that's mm-hmm. my thesis that is, you know, as the world is becoming more and more creator driven, like we're seeing Substack, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing um, Gumroad, all these platforms that are sort of like bubbling up are letting you uh explore other sites you know than what you would normally explore so i really wanted to see if i you know could do something with with the newsletter game and um i started a newsletter called keep up with kp in i think july i guess Um, i love it i know (laughs) that's great it's my wife my wife always laughs at it she's like you know yeah sure a kardashian right so and, and it's great and my thing was really just like I, it, it also goes on to show that you don't need, you don't need like fancy names, so like you know, you don't need to overthink anything. What my the biggest takeaway from my life the last two years has been, compared to my own prior life, the first six years in, in tech, I was an overthinker. Oh my God, I was so, so bad at dwelling on things, and overthinking things. Um, and, and and the last two years have been sort of like the polar opposite where I gave up on overthinking and I just started doing, you know, just building in public mm-hmm. in a way. So what happened was I did this um, Keep Up With KP newsletter uh, in July and after six or seven editions, you know, it was and i did just a curated newsletter it was not even original there was no original content in there it was just a bunch of links and uh, my commentary around the links it just randomly hit me that i should do build in public i don't even know how um why it just it just ha- i had a hunch yeah I'd, I'd been noticing the movement obviously mm-hmm. building public and a lot of people actually know this from 2014 and 15 where ryan hoover a founder of product hunt he wrote a blog post um, called Building Public: The Rise of Building Public, and actually, he did a small version of Building Public with with Product Hunt, and um, and you know, there's so many pioneers like Buffer, the social media scheduling company, was mm-hmm. doing open startups. Um, you know, Peril Levels, who's a prolific uh, maker, has like published all of his you know revenue and you know and earnings um, mm-hmm. on No List. So. Uh, this is not new in a way, but the new the energy is new. It's right. like definitely like super energetic right now just since the last two months, and I decided that I should build a hub, a content hub, uh, if you will, and do interviews with other prolific um, you know makers and creators who are also building in public. And I thought that's the way to sort of serve the community. And I built a site called BuildingPublic.xyz. And it just took off. And, then, you know, I've been getting a lot of people, um, you know, saying that they want to be on the site. And, you know, I did like, I think six interviews. I interviewed Drew Riley from Trends. Mm-hmm. So it, it just became a thing. And suddenly I became the building public guy. I really, really didn't mean to. <laughs> it, I just became. And so it's so funny because now when I'm doing my interviews or my podcast, or whatever, they refer to me as the building public guy. And I'm like, I have no clue how that came about, but I'm enjoying it. So it's
0: Twitter. Twitter made it happen.
1: Twitter made it happen. So
0: Awesome. Great. So you started building public and at the same time you sent out this Twitter thread that you know, I read and I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at how brave and courageous this person is to just lay it out there. Right. And you wrote a great article that I will have linked in the show notes about. Yeah, your thinking, but talk us through how that came to be and what you kind of had to work through to literally publicly put yourself out there asking for the work you were looking for.
1: Right. I call it the uh, the bad signal thread. And well, so it was actually, um, I, as you may have read from the article, right? I almost didn't publish it. I mm-hmm. almost didn't publish the thread um, because I, I had written it. It was sitting in my drafts in, on Twitter. And I was like, you know, it sounds a little. So, I, what I did is, you know, for, for the audience who are listening here, um, in that thread, basically, I um, I put out a bad signal saying, um, hey, everybody, um, I'm KP. Here's the proof of work, you know, that mm-hmm. I've done the last two years. Links, 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 and um, here's some social proof, like you know, comments by other people, nice things they've, they've said, and um, here's my intention. And I laid, I laid out my intention very clearly that I want to join an early stage, ambitious startup. Like yeah. I was not going for anything less than that. And so, and then I said, I'd love uh, to get in touch with any of you if you're working on one or if you're a founder. My DMs are open, blah blah blah. And uh, I, yeah, it, it felt. It felt definitely um, scary because I was like, what if people take it the wrong way? What if people think that I'm like, you know, I'm, um, I'm too, either I'm too bold, there's, there's a thing as to being too brave, as like almost sounds of like as if I'm, uh, you know, like I feel like, oh, applying for jobs is so cool. Let me try this cool new thing, right? Or yeah. think that I'm too desperate, that this guy's so desperate that he's looking for yeah. jobs. And using his Twitter as his, you know, wingman to get mm-hmm. jobs and like, harass people with with interviews. But it, you know, it's funny because I thought I think the the gap between being scary and doing something bold, or courageous mm-hmm. is filled with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking enough about being vulnerable, right? And I think as you move from the discomfort, um, you know, of of sort of you know the mindset of like you know is is this discomfort coming from you know my self judgment or is it coming from actually doing something brave mm-hmm. you realize that you know being vulnerable is the greatest superpower today absolutely uh, especially on social media because everybody's so fake and in this world filled with like noise and you know inauthentic you know uh platitudes if you put yourself out there of course there will be 7% of people who will judge you but the 93% will either bat for you or they'll root for you or they'll try to see if they can make one connection. And that's really what happened in my, in my story. Um, so many people came, my DMs were flooded, my replies were flooded. And like, I got like the, exactly the kind of co- companies I was looking for, right? All mm-hmm. of these early stage ambitious companies, raised seed rounds, but they were like life-changing companies. And so, you know, I think I'm so glad, of course, clearly I'm very glad that I did, I, I pushed publish on that tweet thread yeah it could have also not happened uh it could have not it's almost like a one dish you know like they say one dish in a way right uh-huh. so, um yeah you taught me a lot just doing that
0: yeah i think um vulnerability right brene brown is yeah. somebody that is near and dear to me and yeah, yeah her yes It just comes through. You can see the difference. You see people, of course, across social media who are blasting out things that are not genuine, you know, that... Don't come from the same place, and so when you're disingenuous and not putting yourself on the line, people can see that. And the difference for me was when I read yours. I'm like, man, here's somebody who knows what they want. They're going after because they know the world is here to help you, right? Like people genuinely want to help other people. We just are too scared to ask. We get stuck in our own way.
1: Oh my god! (laughs) Oh my god! The power of asking. I could go on and on about it because you know I grew up in India and I I grew up. Like I was, I was there until I was 21 and I really didn't understand the power of abundance and the power of asking. And I wish those are some skills that I picked up, you know, um, early on I picked, obviously I picked up the, you know, the academics of being, you know, Indian, you're pretty much sort of, you know, you're either a doctor, engineer or a failure. Right. So, <laughs> so I had, I had badass um, uh, standards and like, you know, I was definitely guided well into, um. In making sure that my education was on point but i think there the other life skills that i really stumbled into um like the power of asking right and i was very uncomfortable uh, until two three years ago to even ask what i want um and even the power of abundance right like knowing that hey it's not just this limited pie that if i get x the pie becomes you know uh smaller it doesn't it, you know we, especially the concept of economy and, and abundance as makers and builders, we got to realize just because one company raises two million dollars doesn't mean the economy has a shortage of two million dollars, right? It doesn't work like that. It's not a socialistic system where you know you got to realize that. Okay, and so it flips the it flips the switch and you help you to actually genuinely root for the people who are winning today because one day you may win and you may want your own rally. So. It's it's a very different mindset about having um, you know this abundance oriented than lack oriented.
0: Yeah. This yes, the scarcity mindset is what I always talk yeah, about, and I think right. COVID has really. Impacted us all, of course, but the the mental health aspect and that scarcity mindset I see bubble up myself. I've talked about it very openly on my podcast. You know, I've yeah. been in scarcity mindset for a long time and been working on it. Just recently, like trying yeah. to flip the end and say no, no, no. Opportunities are endless. Money oh, yeah. is not going away. You know, yeah. the world is going to continue. We're we're
1: moving forward. And it, I think it's it's a it's a daily practice, you know, yeah. and it never gets it never sort of you never. See settle into it and say, okay, done, boom, it's over. I finally arrived with, with my abundance mindset. You ha- you never, um, and it, it's, that's why I think I still, even today, like after I got the job, I'm still keeping my habits and I'm, what I'm grateful for are my talents. What I'm grateful for are my gifts, my talents. A lot of people know what they are. They send me emails and they're like, I'm grateful. I'm not, but I don't give a shit about them. What I'm proud of are my habits. That's what I give a shit about. And I think if you remove those habits, I'm gone. I'm the same kid, I'm the same idea guy five years ago who's still like, was lurking, loitering, did nothing with life. The only superpower that I have now is my grasp of my own mind and my habits. Everything else has been constant in the last 32 years of my existence on earth. So I'm not very proud of all the other stuff.
0: Well, I think you have a lot to be proud of, but I think that's amazing that you're able to recognize that, right? That your habits have led you to where you are and those are things to keep doing. And as you said, oh my gosh, that's another total misconception that I think is played out on social media across all channels is that you somehow arrive one day. That right. it isn't a constant struggle right. for everyone that no. we wake up every day thinking, right. okay, we're gonna keep doing it and keep moving and um yeah, we all have bad oh. days and off days, but yeah, just keep going, keep going. <laughs> It'll be okay. Right. So tell us, then. So you sent out this tweet, you had a ton of responses. So how did you kind of land upon this role? What what inspired you? You don't have to give away super details, but you know, you had some opportunities, I'm sure. What was that internal battle like with what's right for me when you're presented with such amazing opportunities?
1: It was a tough call. I'll tell you that. It was it was a tough, especially as it got to the end. I got I got very competing uh offers like both financially and like, you know, uh, uh leverage wise, they were all like sort of very uh, comparable offers. And, uh, at the end, you know, I think I wrote, I wrote about this in my article too, is uh, at the end of the day, I think it was a Friday, I realized, you know, let me take a step back here. Like I'm now so, so hyped up with all this, you know Mm -hmm. uh nba style recruitment that's great but let me step back and take a little walk and uh clear my head and i thought about what are some things that i care about very much and uh, i one thing was sure like i wanted to be a future founder by like two three four years down the line Mm -hmm. um whenever right idea and the timing you know comes about i wanted to be a founder so I, i i knew that whatever i did for this next startup job you know, is what has to serve that larger goal.
0: Right.
1: And um, second, it has to play into my current strengths, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, so that so that I can elevate my impact. And right now, uh, my full time not being in startups has been sort of challenging because I think I'm only creating minimal impact. Although it it looks big, you know, in one way, but Mm -hmm. it definitely could be bigger. So, I took a step back and I realized, like, what are some things that I value the most? And uh, to me, those came about to be no code. Mm-hmm. No code is very personal to me. It truly changed my life. And I know that there's millions of KPs and Sarahs out there who are on the fence and who are wondering, should I go into no code or not? And I want to say yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I'm here for you. We're going to root for you. We're going to make you win. And I want to make you win. Right. So no code was big. The other thing was community. And I think I couldn't have done anything that I've done without the help of unbelievable teachers and givers, shareers mm-hmm. on, on the internet and in real life too. And so to me, I think as I'm getting older, I realized the value of community. And yeah. uh, I wanted to make sure that this role was very much community service driven. Um, and the third one was content. You know, I love content. I love media, audio, mm-hmm. I guess right now. Love written content, although I hate writing. But I, I, I just, I just write because I feel like if I don't write, I miss the bus. Like I wanted to say yeah. something, the moment's gone. You can't say it later. So you know, um, writing. So I want a combination of these three: no code, content, uh, and. Community. And of course, you know, OnDeck had this epic, custom-made tailor role called, um, you know, program director for no-code fellowship. So they're launching a new fellowship. Yeah, uh, called No Code Fellowship, right? And it's their vision is to, you know, to make it, you know, as compelling as White Combinator for No Code. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to be a fun experience. And I was like, okay, this is great. I wish, I wish I had something like this when I started my No Code journey. Yeah. You know, and I didn't have a community. I built everything from scratch. I built a mastermind group called Zero to One Makers from scratch. But I really think that I did like 10x the work. You know, like sweat and hard work to get one x impact. So, for sure. with, so with with on deck, you know, the opportunity was that I could do the opposite. You know, where I could help so many more KPs and Sarahs where they don't have to do that ten x work. We'll do the heavy lifting. We'll just set the stage for you. You get in. You know, um, build whatever you want to build in this ten yeah. weeks. Uh, one, two, three, four ideas. Build whatever you want. Find your co-founder, technical partner, whoever. Or you can just do no code, and ship something. Right? Start something. Ship mm-hmm. something. And so I got that. I got. I got that conviction uh, after talking to Eric Torenberg. Uh, shout out Eric if you're listening. And uh, David Booth, you know the CEO. They just generally seemed like they cared about the space and they wanted me to be me. So I just chose on deck. It just seemed very easy after that.
0: Ah, that's amazing I love that you took a step back it's so yeah. easy to get caught up in the moment and I know you just tweeted the other day about icky guy a subject near and dear yeah. to my heart yes. um, which shout out I'll just I'll podcast build in public I don't know maybe we'll make that a phrase now but I want to build an icky guy community with uh like-minded folks who are all searching for their icky guy this is a lifelong journey I feel like people don't recognize their talents and where all of those things mesh together and you often need an outside perspective to say to you no but you do this and think it's so easy and nobody else can do whatever it is you do (laughs) and you think everybody can
1: right no there's something about like there's i genuinely believe in what you just said there's something about hanging out with other smart people like who won't bullshit you Um, but they're also kind So you're not like you're not worried about like these silly ego games. Right. So they will just tell you they like something and they'll tell you they didn't like something. Yeah. Um, And one of my big lessons the last two years is that I consistently put myself in groups of, you know, um, smart people. Right. Ambitious people. Some of them were way more ambitious than me. Some of them are like a peer. Some of them like early in the career. It doesn't matter. But they're all like the same wavelength we're all kindred spirits when you consistently hang out with people like that and i did this you know on a weekly basis for maybe like 18 months so it's mm-hmm. been like i like i love that i love that high intellectual conversational uh, energy yeah. so one thing that come out of it is they will literally point out and tell you what you're great at and you sometimes will be shocked that you wouldn't mm-hmm. even think about that so case in point like all of my mastermind group uh, members and the smart people that I hang out with like on Twitter whatever, they consistently kept pointing out that KP your graded community, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so weird because like my current, my job profile has nothing, not current. I mean like my past job profile had nothing to do with community. Yeah. I literally never ran a social media account anywhere. I was never like marketing guy. I never went to school for that. So in my mind, it was a blind spot. I didn't even realize that that was a, that was a, that I was good at. But it's it feels like play to me. Like even the, the conversation you and I are having, it feels mm-hmm. like play to me, like tennis. Yep. You're just passing me a ball. I'm just passing it back to you. And that is what you want as part of your ikigai, mm-hmm. right? One of the three circles has to be what you're insanely good at, that it feels like play to you. Mm-hmm. But combined with the other circle, which is that it delivers value to the community and the world. Now, when you combine these two, that's... <laughs> In, that's unbelievable. That's incredible. Right? That's like Steph Curry making buckets and having fun while also making millions. Right. Yes. So I think that's what people like, you know, and you, you you may not get it when you're eighteen. I'm 32, right? So you you may not find it. I I think I discovered the power of community and this powers that I'm talking about right now with you at thirty one. Are you kidding me? I'm like, you know, but I, I view myself as like a baby. I'm serious. Like, I think I'm a baby. I'm just getting started, Sarah. So, Well,
0: know. I'm 38, so i got a few years on you. And same. Very I'm tough. like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I'll figure it out. <laughs> That's the beauty of life, right? That you get to keep reinventing yourself. And what exactly. you like yesterday, if you don't like it today, who cares? Go do something else. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I tell keep you this, going. like a couple of years ago, I had this like crazy, wacky idea of a B2B SaaS idea, right? And I thought I was a SaaS guy. And I went after all these like, companies uh, in, in Atlanta Tech Village, in, you know, in Atlanta, this is Big Tech Hub. And I really believed that I was a SaaS, you know, founder and B2B especially. Mm-hmm. Like, and I spent like six or seven months doing that crap. And I realized that that's not for me. Right. And I reinvented myself from there to being a maker into B2C. Now I would never, ever touch B2B right you know there's no like the big thing people have to take away and people have to understand is that there's to me and i'm sure you relate to this there's only wins or lessons learned there's no loss i will not accept a loss if you give me an l i'll call it a lesson it's not a loss so that's the framing that you know has helped me so much in the last year i think it literally like awakened the dead spirit in me in a way and I'm like oh my god I've been waiting for something like this like this bolt of energy yeah. to lift me up because I yeah. have wasted a lot of my 20s doing dumb shit and I'm like oh my god thank you this is it this is how I'm supposed to go find my a guy live my guy and help others that's it
0: yeah Absolutely. And I think so I would say totally agree on yes, an L is a lesson. So I have a little bit of an acronym for FAIL that just says found another interesting lesson. Yeah, I don't yeah. ever, I don't love ever it. think there's a fail. You just well, found another interesting lesson. It wasn't for you, but it doesn't, it's part of your story. It's who you are. Embrace that. Use that. that knowledge and keep going. <laughs> I I really try and help other people who, you know, kind of get <sighs> I don't want to say – they just get really disheartened by something that didn't come to be or things they've done in the past. And I'm like, yeah, but that makes you you. That's amazing. Use that. Just keep going and and build up. Absolutely. And back to Ikigai, the biggest thing I think with Ikigai and the thing that is – So hard once you find it is saying no to everything else. Constantly bombarded with things in this life that feed your ego, feed the scarcity mindset. Are the quote unquote safe bet, especially given what's happened with COVID and the economy and just general uncertainty in people's lives. And it's so easy to fall back into, oh well, this is a great profession and it's very comfortable and it's quote unquote safe. Right? There is no real safe job. I hate to break it to everyone, (laughs) but um, you know. you're just never going to be f- fulfilled that way so right. i just always want to encourage people as hard and as scary as it is to just keep going <laughs> towards what you know you know to be true not what society is telling you is right. best for you look,
1: and, like, look, that's the real society has no clue like you know Society right. is made up of people like you and me, and they're all just it's just a collection of opinions, right? And if you let their sort of collective um, you know, directionless, leaderless opinion data set to drive what you should do, what you know, how you should feel, I think there's some, there's 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 a greater disconnect, you know, um here, I think in modern society, especially where um you know, we're getting a little philosophical where I think people are not listening enough to their intuition, right. And or they're over indexing on society's judgments and opinions and all that. you know, mm-hmm. And I literally feel like if you can spend six months flipping that narrative, flipping that playbook, and did six months of genuine introspection every morning, And look for those hunches. You will get it. Like I cannot tell you enough times where I just had the brilliantest, the greatest idea in my shower, and I'm walking, Mm -hmm. you know, doing my morning meditation, and I feel like I have found a cheat code to life. Because I'm like, oh my god, how am I getting these ideas? You know, it's so unfair because the same guy would spend six, seven days like hitting my head against my wall. Like, (laughs) so all you have to do is. You know, step back and do you know your introspection. Like spend some time with yourself. There's so much richness as a human that we are not exploring. And just paid attention to those those sides of you rather than what's on CNN, what's on Fox. I think you're going to do a lot good for yourself, Mm -hmm. and you're going to do a lot good for the economy and the world.
0: Absolutely, totally agree. So, on that note, what's the future for KP holds?
1: Well, so. I'm currently very thrilled about this on deck role um I think it's going to consume a lot of my energy intellectually mentally you know physically uh I want to go all in and design a great program um we're, we're doing our pilot cohort, you know, in January and I'll, hopefully you can you know, plug the uh, link to it when, when it comes out. We don't have a link Absolutely. yet. So, um, I'd love for your listeners to check it out, you know, and you don't have to join the program right away. Just give it a, sh- give it a look uh, and see what KP will do right in there. Like, how will I, how will I design? So I am, I'm very curious and I'm very sort of uh, open minded about what this could entail to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because I was the guy who wanted something like this. So I definitely have the perspective and I hope that I never lose that. So I know, you know, some elements that uh, are a must have in a program like this. You know, there should be a shared community rituals. You know, that's what helped me. There should be consistency, you know, there should Mm be accountability partners and in a, a, you know, in a positive some way, not like in a competitive way. So there's so many like interesting experiments that I'm curious to try with uh, with OnDeck, um, OnDeck's no-code fellowship, and beyond that, you know, I think I'm um, I'm very very curious about the no-code ecosystem, mm-hmm. uh, the market itself, and and the the creator economy with Gumroad and Substack. You know, I yeah. think that's something that is to be paid attention to. Uh, there's something there. I feel like there's at least a couple of, you know unicorns coming out you know, in that market, um, definitely, definitely no code too. So I'm keeping my radar out and open and, uh, you know, just always curious about products and hopefully we can get more people to uh, build and ship in public and normalize this build in public thing. It should not be a movement. It should be a normal thing, right? right. It's like you know, people do things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a journey and I'm excited to see as far as I can take it.
0: Awesome. Well, I can't wait to follow along and we'll have you back on when the uh, fellowship officially launches so we can get all the details on that. Yeah, sure. That would be amazing for the community to know about. I know I'm really excited about it. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, a no code fellowship. This is going to be amazing. So, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on to chat about that. In the meantime, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Well, so as Sarah has you know outlined very clearly, I have a I was- <laughs> I'll practically live on Twitter uh, much to my, much to the dismay of my wife. Uh, it, it's you can find me follow me at uh this is kp_ um, I have my personal website where I list some of my essays and projects that I've done. It's this is kp.com and uh, yeah and building public don't forget buildingpublic.xyz is the content hub newsletter site that I'm building for this movement.
0: Awesome. I will be sure to link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, KP. This was great. Thank you. I can't wait to watch your journey.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. All right. And all the best for, for your journey too.
0: Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. Bye. So, thank you so much again to KP for joining us. I can't wait to have him back in January and hear all about the new things that On Deck is launching in the no-code space. If you want to support the show in the meantime, I would love for you to subscribe, rate and review. Head on over to my website, it's linked in the show notes, and let me know who you want to have on the show, who I should be talking to any suggestions for topics you'd love to hear me cover. And if you want to further support the show, you can buy me a coffee. That's linked in the show notes as well. Until next time, make it a great one. Bye.